0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, uh, Aiden Ganim joining you. This is Oilers Now and uh, we are going to tell you that uh, guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef Altaf that orders now sent you. Roos Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday and Brendan doesn't know this but uh, next Tuesday he's going to be hosting half the show because I just found out I'm uh, booked for an event there in the afternoon So or early evening. So away oh, we go. We're going to have a good time at Roos Chris. Uh, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. As we head off to the the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline for Abe's Door Service, where services are specialty visit, abesdoor.ca. He consistently has either the number one or number two uh, hockey podcast on apple's podcast chart special shout out to josh marshall from the two months podcast for educating me on such thing uh because he's helped out our show as well i know brendan escott was on with them uh last uh we or this past weekend you can check that out uh i think brendan retweeted today from uh, the orders now account uh but yes elliot freeman one of the uh, most popular guests that we have on the show on a regular basis first class guy and he was in our fair city we saw him yesterday. Out at the Glendale uh, uh, Golf and Country Club for the Oilers Media Golf Tournament, and we welcome back to the show from NHL Hockey and Rogers, one of the most plugged-in men in the business.
1: Hello, Ellie. Hey Bob, it was good to see you yesterday, and uh, Josh Marshall, good guy, good shout out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's uh, he helped educate us on something and uh, made our show a little bit better. So we're much appreciative of that. All right, because uh, it's always about nonstop, continuous improvement. Ellie, you know that. That's how you got to be. <laughs> That's right, 100%. We have not had the opportunity to discuss this. Um, I don't know Mm -hmm. when you first met Mike Babcock, uh, but I met Mm -hmm. him uh, in 1993-94 when he was coaching. I think I might have passed him in the hallway when he was at Red Deer College way back when he was coaching Dan Baker and Bill Peters and Garth Premack uh, in the late 80s. Um, But uh, I met Mike for sure in 1993-94 when he won a national title at Lethbridge. Um, Mm -hmm. It has been a... A uh, tough week for the Columbus Blue Jackets organization, and many people would say, see, I told you with Babcock. If you could maybe just educate our listeners a bit of a rundown, Cole's notes as to sort of how this all unfolded.
1: Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, Paul Bissonnette on the Spinning tables podcast uh, made an accusation. It was uh, nine days ago. Jeez, it seems like a year ago. But it was nine days ago. It was last Monday. Uh, sorry, it was eight days ago. It was last Tuesday. And uh, he said on the podcast that Babcock had improperly looked at players' phones. And at that time, actually, I was in Vegas. The uh, NHL and the Players Association were having their media tour. So Bill Daly was there. Marty Walsh was there. Ron Hainsey was there. And Johnny Goudreau was there. And uh, as you know, uh, Babcock denied it. Boone Jenner denied it or you know, said that it wasn't what it has been portrayed. I think that's the... Uh, the best way to put it, and then Johnny Goudreau, we did, you know, about five or six questions with him where he said similar to what uh, Jenner did. And, you know, you call around and, you know, I I found out that this was not a new thing that Babcock did. And I spoke to some people who actually uh, don't like Babcock who said they didn't think it was a big deal, but I did speak to some people who thought it was invasive. And then where everything really changed was, was late Tuesday night. Apparently there's a player who came forward and told the players association, uh, you better look into this a lot more because there is something there along the lines of what um, uh, Bissonette had said. And, that's when things really turned. You know, Marty Walsh and, uh, and Ron Hainsey, they left Vegas. They went to Columbus. Uh, they met with the Columbus players on Thursday morning. I heard it was a pretty intense, fierce meeting. I think there were some things brought up that really concerned the Players Association. Um, you know, I was told on Thursday night, I didn't write this at the time, because you just it, it, it's too incendiary, Bob. You have to kind of let it play out. Um, but I was told on Thursday night that they, by some people who I think are really smart that they didn't think there was any way that Babcock was going to be able to survive as the Blue Jackets coach, but you had to let it play out. On Friday morning, uh, Walsh and Hainsey were to meet with the league, Bettman and Daly. It was a previously scheduled meeting. They were going to do that anyway. But obviously the Babcock uh, item was pushed to the top of the agenda. And I think it was after that meeting that they started to work on, um, you know, how things were going to be, how the separation was going to happen, whether it was a resignation or a firing. It was obviously a resignation, and it happened on uh, Sunday afternoon. And, you know, I've written about this. Um, You know, I, I think some of the young players in Columbus were uncomfortable with what had happened, and I do believe there was at least one case and you know, I haven't had a chance to listen to Chicklets yet this week because I've, yep. I've simply been too all tied over up. the place. Yep. Yeah, but you know, Ryan Whitney apparently talked in more depth about it. Um, but um, you know, I, I was under the impression there was at least one situation where um, a, a a young player's phone was was Babcock had it for like I don't know a few minutes. I, I've heard differing numbers, so I don't. I, won't, I don't want to guess, but several minutes, I think, was the phrase I used. And I think the thing that concerned everybody in addition to all that was it didn't happen, like, at the Blue Jackets practice facility or their main rink. Like, it happened it happened somewhere else. And, uh, like, I have a friend who does HR work, and he, when he heard that, he he just said, that's, I'd say that's not good. Yeah, so I think that that's... That's kind of where we were And it. became obvious that Babcock was not going to be able to stay on as coach, and the fact that there was a resignation and not a firing leads me to believe that, you know, he had a two-year deal. I think it was about four million a season. He I'm sure the there was some sort of some settlement reached. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Michael Andlauer um, at the auto, he's has he's not technically been officially ratified yet. As he as owner or is no, that going to get done in the no. end, next couple of weeks here?
1: No, it'll be done very soon. Like you know, it's it's funny. Like people joke at the end of sales, the people who really get rich are the lawyers. So that's kind of what's happening right now. I think Bob. I think they're just papering it. It's going to happen. He's been approved by the executive committee, and when the official papering gets done, they'll do an electronic vote for the entire board of governors. He's going to be the owner very soon, very soon, and uh, so so it's going to happen. Like there's. There's no issues there.
0: We're joined by Elliot Friedman for Abe's door service. Elliot, you were in Edmonton, and you also, uh, the Oilers had both Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle in Vegas on the players' tour, and then you uh, ended up in Edmonton. What are your thoughts? What are sort of the reoccurring themes you're hearing from Edmonton's top-end players here over uh, the two separate visits you've had with them?
1: Well, there's no question there's a cup-or-bust attitude, uh, Bob. I, I think that's very obvious. It's a team that believes it could win the Stanley Cup, and it should. And it's a team that, um, you know, has thought a lot about. It. it was interesting, just some of the answers we got over why they thought they lost the series to Vegas. And, you know, they, like I think the thing that was really I thought was pretty impressive was that nobody nobody said that Vegas locked out. Like nobody there said that. Um, you know, Vegas was lucky to beat them. They said Vegas earned the win and they deserved to win that series. But they talked about how, you know, they thought the, the margin was very small and that there are things that they could fix that would allow them to win. I, I think it's a group that believes in itself. You know, I think the toughest thing when you're in a situation like the Oilers are in is that you can't start to try to win the Stanley Cup for six months uh-huh. until we get to April so you you have to make sure that you're season you're getting in the right habits and you're you're doing the right things so that when the playoffs start, you know it's it's locked into your mind. It's the muscle memory. And you know they talked a lot of them talked about little things. You know, Dry I know his interviews up on YouTube now. they, they talked about their defensive game. You know Eckholm said those two guys are better defensive players than they get credit for. Um, but, I just think that it's like they, they really felt that even though Vegas did beat them, they also beat themselves in some ways. And I, and I think that a lot of what this year is going to be about is can the Oilers have games, fewer games, where they beat themselves. But it's a team that believes it can win. It knows it's good enough to win and now you just have to deliver.
0: All right, Elliot Friedman joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. For Abe's Door Service, Bob Stopper with you in Oilers now, 543 at Edmonton. All right, Elliot. I was at uh, the Penticton Rookie Tournament. As you know, I-, I totally think Calgary made the right call in staying internal uh, with Craig Conroy and Ryan Huska. Uh, mm-hmm. I did not know until I read 32 Thoughts that uh, Chris McFarland, C-Mac, who worked for Scott Housen and all those years ago, bright and up-and-coming guy, Colorado basically protected Protected him, as you know, um, didn't let teams talk to him. In the end, when he became the GM, he was—they were kicking tires on Backlund. Is that—is that the
1: case? Yes. Uh, so, uh, as, as you know by now, Colorado uh, traded for both Ryan Johansson and Ross Colton to play center for them. And But before they made those moves, not, I don't know if it was one or both or whatever it was, they, they took a long look at Backland. They were very interested in Backland. Ultimately, the deal didn't happen. And, uh, you know, one of the things I do believe about Backland is, like, first of all, you remember that Calgary breakup day last year, Bob, and what a disaster it was. Yes. I, I think a lot of people went home for the summer, and they just feel refreshed and recharged and a lot better and I, I do think that I've heard Backlund in particular is one of them. I think you will see the Flames re-engage with Backlund and Lindholm to see if they can close this out. Like I think it's always hard to make a deal um, because, you know, everybody's going to grind to make the best deal they can. But I've heard that one of the things that's going on there. Is that Backlund in particular is is feeling a lot better than he did at at the end of the at the end of the season, and and I think there's going to be some serious talks there about can they try to work something out? We'll see where it goes.
0: Every second year, Calgary surprises; they, they sort of fly under the radar screen. This
1: okay. is their year. Well, yes, and they the year. stayed
0: internal. The manager and coach both know the players. Uh, the two Swedes, especially Lindholm Elliott, you can correct me if I'm wrong, they certainly played a factor in, keep, in getting marks from there. I, I, I think we're going to see an extension all day for Lindholm, who's a hell of a player.
1: Well, you know what? I think, you know, it's interesting because Lindholm's, like if you watch the clips of Lindholm at their golf tournament, he didn't look really happy. And I kind of wondered about that, and then some people said to me, "Don't, don't assume one way or the other." I think, you know, I I think that Lindholm, I think the summer has pushed Lindholm to a number that is higher than the Flames initially thought they'd have to do. But I think at the end of the day, they want to keep him, and you know, we'll see where it goes. Like the one thing, Bob, is that, you know, you have to get to a deal, right? Yeah. And. You know the the agents on behalf of the players and who, whoever in the organization is responsible for negotiating, like you got to grind each other. That's that's what happens. Like these things often don't happen very easily, and so you know that's always a factor. But you know the one thing I'm definitely hearing is that the mood around the Flames is not as dark as it was at the end of last season.
0: Just and I and it's an observation of being in Penticton, but there was. I sense positive energy. Now, they had a big, heavy, tough team that played pretty well after the first game. Winnipeg, and I'm going to—because a lot of people are wondering what's going to happen with their guys. Elliot, their three first-rounders in that tournament were were quiet. And I look at a guy like Craig Heisiger who grinded for every single scrap that he could to work his way up. I'm going to be really—which team do you think is going to be more intriguing to watch, especially for guys like you that break news? The Jets or the Flames?
1: I, I wonder if it might actually be the Canucks. Um, really? Yeah, I think the Canucks are going to be interesting this year. I think they've got, um, you know, they've already made one big move. They made a big move yesterday. Um, you know, they, you know, um, you know the Jets. Like, like, uh, I don't think it's impossible. Hello, Buck's going to stay. Okay. I, I don't. I, I, uh, I, I think it depends on. You know, again, can everybody? It's going to be a big number. Right. Like, are the Jets comfortable with that? Like, can the two-sided... Well, they can do you? it. They can do yeah, it yeah. all day. Well, you know, the, the thing is, the, the biggest thing that, that that's a thing now is that, you know, Bob, like, you look at the goalies who are winning... That? It's hold on a sec, Maxi, yeah, I'm on the radio, bud. Um, it's, uh, like, if you look at the goalies now who are winning the Stanley Cubs, Bob, Look at their contracts and look at their stature. And I, and I think like, that's the thing. Like, um, you know, like, uh, like we've, we've seen this from time to time where people start to say, oh, you don't need to spend a ton of money on a goalie. As long as the team is good in front of you, you don't need to spend a ton of goalie. And we're kind of in that phase now uh, because of, like, look who's won the Stanley Cup the last couple of years. So, like, I like to me, it's always like, yeah, maybe that's true, until you lose because you don't have the, one of the best goalies. So I think that's kind of loomed over the Hellebuck negotiations all year. Is what is the number here? Yeah. But I, I think if the Jet, ja- like, I don't, I, I've heard it's not impossible he could end up extending. I mean, we'll see. We have to get there. Sifly for me is the harder one to figure out. Yeah. Um, you know, like the one thing I think the Jets really feel Bob and I think I've said this on your show before is that they thought they were, they were hoping that they were going to be locked in at center for years with Shifley and Dubois. They had a really good plan. Now, it didn't work out in Dubois' case, and if it doesn't work out in Shifley's case, where do you find a center? But I think again, it's a we're talking about a big number. And I think that one of the biggest questions here is, what numbers for both players are the Jets going to be comfortable with? And I think that, as much as anything else, is going to determine the direction they go.
0: All right, Elliot, total curveball to close with. I mentioned this guy to you last night. Uh, you're, you're a f- uh, proud uh, Western Ontario alum. Uh, the last time I checked, the, uh, the Purple Ponies, they are undefeated on the season, is
1: that right? Well, you know what it's funny you mentioned this today, uh, Bob, because someone sent me, I guess there was a link on Twitter of they were losing by two points to Queens last week with 15 seconds left and they scored a miracle touchdown. And the Queens play-by-play guy like was like it was funny, like they were like devastated. They were like yelling, "No, no." Like it was just like, it's great stuff. I'm, and I'm not making fun of the Queens guy. Like, I was a, a 21 year old kid once doing Western football, so I know what that's like. Um, like He was like, no, no, but I guess they are undefeated, and they pulled off a miracle win last week. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think they're ranked second in the country. The Alberta Golden Bears are 3-0 and for the first time in, like, forever. And uh, wow. just, just walked in a Saskatchewan, who were th- third-ranked at the time. Yeah, they're always good. And they put up 500 yards of offense. Their quarterback, Eli Hetlinger, got hurt halfway through last year. Uh, he's a second-year player. He is the best quarterback since Daryl Salmon. When I was the SID, and the school went 7-1, and back-to-back years. They're off to a good start under Chris Morris, who's wait, uh, waited a long time to get that program going. Huge matchup. Uh, Blake Nils out at UBC. Alberta's there this weekend, so best of luck to Chris who went through a, just a brutal uh, uh, year personally last year, so we're cheering for him. And uh, you're cheering for your Purple Ponies, and Elliot, we love having well, you on uh, the
1: show. What I want, Bob, more than anything else is a Western versus Alberta Vanier Cup. So we can come up with the wager of all wagers. Done. Well, if that ever happens, it's going to happen. How's that? If Western beats Alberta, you have to be my butler for a week. What about if they play in hockey? You going to take that bet? Sure. Well, I mean, I'll lose, but so like... Uh, <laughs> I might lose in football, too. Are you? By the way, are you coming back out here for the Heritage Classic? Yes, we are doing the show live from uh, Edmonton during the Heritage Classic. So Love we'll it. be back out there. Elliot,
0: yes. uh, you're a fantastic guest. Thank you for joining us. It was great seeing you yesterday.
1: All right, Bob. Great to see you, too. Have a great week, okay? You bet. That is
0: Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Abe's Door Service. It's 5.52 in Edmonton. All season long. Oilers now trivia is brought to you by Pro-Am Sports, Fan Cave and Fan Gear Specialist for all budgets in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail and at pro Uh We'll have something coming up for you once we get into game day trivia, and we'll take a quick timeout. I'm going to throw a curveball your way to the listeners. Brendan? This is, and, and, you know, it's it's interesting because you are a, I'm just thinking off the top. Are you a 94 model? Is that what you are?
1: Turned 29 today.
0: Oh, come on. 94. You're 29. Yeah. I was 29 and 95.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I had two chins. Now I'm up to three. No, I had I had one chin back in '95. Uh, well, congratulations, happy birthday, big Thanks. boy! Thanks, appreciate it. I made it. Why did I not know that today's your birthday? I guess I'll have to type in under your name. You, you put the birth date, and then it comes yeah. up and reminds you. There, there you go. Um, so for anybody out there listening, because we have the Oilers uh, Hall of, uh, obviously Charlie, Huddy, and Doug Weight. A lot of you weren't born when the Oilers' 80 dynasty was going on. So if you're listening to the show right now, text us your favorite player if you missed the Oilers dynasty. You can text us at 780-496-0063 and tell us why. We'll get to that when we return on Oilers now. Bob Stauffer, Brendan S. Scott. Aiden Gannam joining you in orders. Now, don't miss your chance to join an exciting road trip in Nashville to watch Oilers play The Predators. This is closing this week. This package includes nonstop airfare. Right now, I think we've got over 50 people going. Flair Airlines, Four Nights, Deluxe Hotel, near all the action lower bill game tickets. A welcome reception with yours truly and special guests. Experience all that Music City USA has to offer uh, this October on the Nashville Road Trip, right at the start of the season. Call New West Travel today. Go online newwesttravel.com all right. Um, let's get to some text. I said, name your favorite Euler uh, player that is uh, post-Dynasty. So if you weren't around for the Oilers Dynasty, who'd you grow up liking? This text comes to us from Brad, a.k.a. Oilers HD. And Bob, my favorite Euler has to be Alex Hemsky or Sam Gagne. Both good soldiers who provided great memories for the fans uh, in their late 20s during some leaner years. Uh, Jace has texted us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Says, Bob, Ray Whitney was my favorite Oiler. But that's because of a personal But He hardly played. I think he only played like nine games. I think they put him on waivers. And then he ended up becoming uh, quite the uh, player afterwards. Uh, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 780-496-0063. Uh, as a fan that missed the Misty 80s Oilers, my first favorite player was Cujo, Doug Waite, and Ryan Smith not so far behind. That comes to us from Reed, who says he was born in 93. This texture says Doug Waite and Big George. Well, you'll be hearing Big George on Friday's edition of Oilers now. Again, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 496 Bob, uh, just wondering if you know anything about the analytics stuff Jeff Jackson was talking about on uh, Jason Greger's show today. Well, we talked about this a couple of months ago. Or when do we have Jeff on? Two weeks ago, yesterday. Yeah, the owners are going to hire an analytics guy. It's coming. Just it's it's going to happen. Again, you can text us seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Bob, my favorite. Uh, well, he's saying Kelly Buckberger and Cujo were his two favorite orders. So, Bucky, obviously, because of what happened in the 97 playoffs against the Dallas Stars, and Cujo because of what happened in 97 and 98 against the Dallas Stars. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with James Dunn, and when we return on Oilers Now, we will uh, hook up with John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. This is Orders Now.